Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares a view of a soul's journey in life and beyond as it comes to know that whether in a body or out of a body, there is life, love, learning, evolving, expansion, and realms and realms of reality to explore and master. Today I welcome Chavero Anais Savage, author of Broken Mirror, who explores the world of physical and spiritual life as most of us do after losing a loved one. Chavero's loss of his father when he was still in school was unusually challenging, but what he discovered as a result can only be learned when the heart is wounded and the questions of life, love, and soul are open to the truth. Chavero, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my guests and I share intimate details of the gamut of emotions we experience as souls having a physical life dealing with our internal source of awareness and the physical challenge challenges of this world. Indeed, we learn that all experiences are opportunities for gaining greater love, leading to peace within and acceptance of all realities. In today's episode of Healing from Within, we will share the love, grief, and reality of the loss of a beloved father and the courage and appreciation for having the time to be a family and discover the truth of gratitude, acceptance, and surrendering to the life plan of for each of us. Chivero, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person or a place or an event, something that may have made a meaningful impression on them and may have guided them to become the adult they now are and live the lifestyle they have chosen. So think back to your childhood. What do you remember? What was important to you? It's more or less me, me being a teenager. Um, you know, like 15, 16, going through adolescence. And uh, I was living with my mom at the time. And uh, we used to, like, argue a lot. You know, I'm growing up. And, and then uh, she had, you know, these rules or whatever. And sometimes I would disagree. I'm sure. And, uh, so, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I remember and that, so, too. <laughs> yeah, right. And so that's why I had to say, I'm living with my dad, man. Like, you know, he lived in Las Vegas at the time, and I was in the 10th grade, actually. And then she was like, well, I don't care. Go ahead and go. So, you know, I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll call her a bluff. And then, like, I was really actually sad, and I'm like, oh, snap, I'm really moving to Vegas, you know what I'm saying? And then it was just, it was crazy. So um, I ended up moving out there, and, you know, we always think the grass is green on the other side, you know. Um, yes, we do think that. <laughs> right? Did you go no, out I to know, Vegas? Did. did you go to Vegas? Yeah, I, I went out to Vegas and I, I was I was I was staying with my dad and then like during the summer like I was like it was uh I think it was school so it had to be like July so it was like the first two weeks I was out there like I met some friends you know uh, outside going to play basketball or whatever just meet him at the park and then I came back home and in his bedroom he had like a a a, a chalk a, a board. Some chalk 
Well, it was like a, a teaching board, a white a whiteboard with a you know a little um, marker eraser, eraser marker where you can erase. It. it was basically like a board you have in school. Good. And he yeah. had some paper at, at a desk and stuff, and he was like, "Well, you had your two weeks of fun or whatever." And so now we're gonna have summer school. So he actually had like a, a like a physics book, a chemistry book, and a, a algebra book. And so I ended up having like summer class in 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 the house, and I was doing these like these this homework at, at, in the in the house with my with my dad. And I'm thinking like, you know, it's summer. I want to go out and play all the time, you know, have fun and shoot hoops with my friends. And I'm in I'm in, and I had I'm having a schedule. Like I had like um, at I'll home wake up at with your mother. Exactly, wake up at ten, have breakfast, and then from like eleven to one, I go have fun. Come back from one to one to three, I would study a bit, and then I would take like an hour break. I would come back, review the work I did, and then I would we would come back and go over the work, and then from like say from like nine to nine thirty, like dinner, and then from probably like nine thirty to ten thirty, I would go back and restudy, and then. We were, I did, you know, Chavera. Yes, your father gave you a great gift. He gave you the love of learning and discipline and putting time and effort into what would make you more aware of yourself, your capabilities, and the possibilities for who you could grow up to be. He gave you a great, great love of learning. And there's nothing more that a parent or a teacher can give to a child. And, and thank you for telling us. I think you're one of the first people out of 700 shows I've done that has said something in, in that way. And I, I really like hearing it. What prompted you to write this book? Oh, yeah. Broken uh, Mirror, well, even the title, Broken Mirror. Yeah. What, what tell it? What prompted you? Tell us. Well, you know, like, I look a lot like my mom and dad. Like, with, I'm with my dad. He said, I look like my dad. With my mom, he said, I look like my mom. And then when they see pictures of my dad, they say, oh, you like your dad. But I can, I know, like, when I look in the mirror, I see both of them, you know. Uh, and and then you, you you just get so angry sometimes that you just want to break things. You know what uh, I'm saying? So that whole, like, a broken mirror, just want to, like, just punch the mirror, you know. Because you see his reflection in you and you're just mad. You're angry. You know, you. I'm angry at him. I was just angry that he left me. You know what I'm saying? So just, just being mad about it, and that's telling me where the title comes from. Just want to, you know, break stuff, breaking mirror, broken mirror. You know, because you see this reflection well, in you. That you know? makes sense and, because many, yeah. many people have uh, issues with their parents because look, you know, there's a lot of karma we come in. Our soul comes into this world with. It's not all developed here in our childhood with our family and the rules we have to deal with in society. We already come in our soul with certain experiences that we weren't happy with before we got born and that we want to do better. So realizing that you see both of them in you and that you, you feel unhappy about the way some things went and you'd like to correct it is a way for correcting what we call karma, cause and effect. And that's what the soul was born to do. We're here in this physical world to do exactly that. And you're working on it. Now, what did your family think about your book? I mean, they so loved it. It was, uh, it was, it was, 
the the feedback has been really great, especially from my my family. My auntie Shirley, I actually use her name in the book. She um she's the one that actually went to find him, his body in the second poem, um, before father, where she uh goes into the his apartment complex. Well, she doesn't go. The landlord goes to the apartment complex, comes out and tell her that uh he had perished, and and she actually created like a book club with like uh a lot of my family members. I got from my dad's side in Arkansas. And, and in Vegas, and she grouped all of them in like a phone conversation, and we had a whole uh, like a book club reading where I, they would they would talk about the book, and then I would go over it myself as far as like how I felt and why I wrote what I wrote and what I was feeling at the time or whatever. Um, so you they know, so they, so they, they like were very story. happy with your book, and they and they applauded you, and they joined in, and I'm sure they all learned a great deal about themselves also from seeing it through your eyes. Now, the next question is, how would you describe your style of writing? I would describe your style of writing as poetry and prose. Also, it is sort of the language of spirit. I'm a medium, and I receive messages and impressions for clients who come to me. And it's almost like another language. It's a language of beauty and music and kindness and softness and and I feel the messages sometimes within my body and I kind of think your writing is a little bit like that poetry and prose and I'd like to read something you wrote I remember your smile I remember your laughter and it is hard to believe you are in the hereafter I remember the pain the whole family went through the day of your death we all cried for you I try so hard to see you in my dreams, but for some reason they always come up empty. Nights would not go by without a tear in my eye. Then the sun would shine, and it seemed that the day would just rewind. My mind was young, never knowing what really happened until I grew up. As adults, we will never meet. Just thoughts of what if or what could have been. A lifetime of life without the ones you hold dear could be a lifetime of regret if you stop living the life that you have. Remember the past, but understand that your presence is a gift. Cherish the memories, never forget. Now, that's very beautiful. As a medium, what I often say to my clients is, a memory is not real any longer. When you bring it into your thoughts, you make it live again, and you make it real. So I always suggest remember the memories that are uplifting and beautiful and healing, and don't bring in the negative ones, because they no longer exist. They're in the past. So uh, I think you've learned that yourself. We remember who we are as souls and uh, the impressions we receive. However, they come to us in thoughts that pass through our heads or in a dream or in uh, asking a question and then somehow reading something or hearing some music that answers it. Our spiritual loved ones in souls, no longer in their body, are around us. And they are creative and they're trying to reach us in the ways that we are ready to accept. Do you believe that? Yes. 
It is. Yes, the, all of them. It is the truth. We, the higher mm-hmm. vibrational beings, souls, our relatives, angels, spiritual teachers, and of course the designer, are always within our energy, surrounding us. The past, the present, and the future are all happening at the same time. Some of our energy is here, you and I, in this moment, and some of our energy is in other places, doing other things. So that's how I. Um, like to think of it because I find it to be true. Now, what would you say to someone that has a story to tell and wants to share it in a book but doesn't know the steps to make it happen? What would you say to them? Well, most definitely. <laughs> First of all, you have to have a story, though. You know, unless they want to say beginning, middle, end, you know, but you most definitely have to have a story to tell. So I would want to hear that story before they decide to want to tell. They told me they had a story. You know, I would like, well, tell me the story that you want to tell. You know, and then um, obviously they have a, necessarily a great intro, like to bring people in to want to continue to to keep reading, to keep going on. You know, so I most definitely would say, like, well, how would you necessarily start off? Or when did it happen? Like, what day? How was the weather? How are you feeling? You know, what were you thinking inside? So what you're saying you? you've got to have the details. You've got to have the yes, emotions. You've got to have, details, got to have yeah. a good beginning. You don't even have yeah. to necessarily know the middle or end, but you got to start <laughs> with what you know. you got yeah. to start with that is good advice. You have to start with, and you have to believe what you know. Everybody's got a story. I think everybody on the planet is living a unique life. We're unique beings, and we're fulfilling our destiny with our life. We got born with a life plan. And as we go along, if we're open to the clues, the coincidences, the synchronicity, the people who float in and out of our lives to help us, it's all part of a grander plan. We are much more than we appear to be, it seems. I have discovered that. Now, uh, what made me think I could be a writer was, because I didn't really think I would be a writer, but I did have a story, and I knew it was such a wonderful story, I had to share it. So about 25 years ago, I had a spiritual visitation from my grandfather, who had died many years before. And I was very sick with the flu. And while I was laying there, I felt him next to me. I couldn't quite see him, but I felt him, and I knew it was my grandpa. And and he was telling me to write something for my father. I couldn't quite hear him, but the thought went through my head. Write something for your father. And the very next day, I received a phone call from my mother telling me my father had passed. So I did, so I did what I was told to do do but I didn't even know I was doing what I was told to do I wrote his eulogy but after that I couldn't forget the feeling of that interaction with my grandfather and then lots of synchronicity and coincidences started to happen and I was able to leave a lot of the illusions of my childhood which had been imprinted on me oh way before and I realized a lot of it was not relevant to my life now and I developed my intuitive healing gifts of Reiki energy healing and mediumship and uh, I discovered I was born to 
share the message we are all spiritual beings having a physical life and we can communicate with those in spirit and we can find happiness and joy and peace if we merge the best of this physical with the spiritual world as well. So now, consciousness survives physical death. So now that I know this, this is the best piece of information that I could have ever learned. And I decide I have to share it with as many people as I can. And now, my third book is coming out. A New Life Awaits, Spiritual Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening. So that's how I started. So... You wanted to be a writer because you loved your father, right? Uh, yeah, well, that was, I think, my my second book. Um, it was more or less uh, me writing a, a poetry in the beginning. And I it was more it was more sexual in the beginning. Like, I have, I have a, uh, my first book is, like, more love and lust. It was, like, sexual erotic poetry. And I started off like that because I was writing, and then I did have a friend that was like, oh, we can, you can get it published. It's pretty good. And in 2010, I had, that's when I had, uh, I had wrote it and then I got published in 2013. How old the were you then? One, 2010? Yeah, it was, uh, it was 2010. I had, uh, finished my first book. How old so were you? 2013, I oh. got it published. How old were you? Oh, it takes time. Oh, well, it's a long process getting a book out. Yes, it is. That's why oh, you have to be dedicated to it. It has to be meaningful to you. Uh, how <laughs> old were you when you wrote it? Uh, it was about, about 32, maybe, about 32. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Now, yeah, what do you think your father would think about the story you told of him and others in your life? Oh, I, I, man, yeah. Like, honestly, like, I almost, like, get emotional thinking about it. Um, he, because he, he was, like, an intellectual genius. He was just brilliant. Like, he, I, he would have been really proud. He would have really liked it. I, I just know, um, like from the reaction that I got from my mom and my aunties, um, like he he he'd have liked it, man. He didn't. I think he'd have enjoyed it. And then like the others that uh that that I included, you know. Um, but yeah, I I, I know that he would uh he would enjoy reading. He was a avid reader also, um, and a movie watcher. Like he just always hit me about some book or some uh movie that uh, he wanted me to read or uh or watch. So yeah, I know that he would uh. He really enjoyed him and proud of me. Sure. Yeah. You know, something you wrote made me rem- remember what my father said to me when I was young and afraid of so many changes that were constantly happening and upsetting the balance and routines that I so favored. Yeah, I didn't like too much change. But he said to me, my father, you are your own worst enemy. And so many of us try to be perfect and not allow life to unfold as it will, but control it, which is impossible. And that makes us hurt ourselves. And you wrote Best Kept Secret. May I read it? Yes, yes. Best Kept Secret. Secrets in the dark, only heard by those who care. Whispers in the night, only told to those we cherish. No one knows the truth behind closed doors. Everything is kept quiet and silent. Deep thoughts are always shared, but it is up to you to realize what was said. A voice is never heard unless someone speaks, 
it is good when we listen so we can be able to find what we seek. Answers never lie in the questions we ask. There is always someone that knows what you lack. Persistence is the key to unlocking resistance. We have to go after what we want as if we need it. There is nothing we should fear except for ourselves, because the best-kept secret is that we are our own living hell. So, you're saying, instead of being afraid to speak what is our truth, even if it may not be the truth of others, we will harm ourselves and stifle our greatest spiritual gift, which is free will. That's what well, I felt from that very, very perceptive poem. It's all the truth, what you said there. And the words persistence and resistance is what we have going on in our country right now. There's so much resistance. But resistance doesn't give us what we need. Persistence to find what lives within us, the beauty of our soul and love of life, is what we need. And when more people start to awaken to that, we're going to heal a lot of the problems that are going on right now. And that's why we're in this uh, spiritual revolution or evolution, however we want to call it. Now, tell us something. What would you like readers to take away with them after reading your book? What would you like them to remember? It is crazy. So many things. Because it was, I didn't even realize it until I did an author reading one day. I did an author reading at the $10 bookstore. And obviously, I, you invited a lot of people, but like, you know, a couple of people showed up and we got some people that was inside the store. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, I, I was reading and I did a couple, I did a couple poems or whatever. And I just told about this, my story about my father and then I told the whole poem. And, and the thing they took away from it was different from what I would, I would think they take away from it. So, like it, it, it blew my mind. So yeah, <laughs> you have mind. one perception, but everyone else is living their <laughs> own is. unique. Like, but but perhaps the following passage I'm going to read in a minute is going to say what you had in mind. But I, I see it this way: that life is short, but can be sweet and meaningful if you know love and appreciate those who have always been there and try to help you find your way forward in a world of possibilities and some challenges. If we put aside negative emotions after feeling them, we got to feel them, and knowing mm-hmm. them, and seek that which makes us grateful to be alive. And if we find friendships and interesting activities for learning and sharing what we value from within our soul, and pay attention to the meaningful moments and no life is neither good nor bad but just a series of experiences that help us know ourselves and others with more compassion and you wrote this Chavero you wrote this <laughs> a glass of wine sits on a coffee table while hot water is in a pan no longer boiling on the stove the lights are on in the bathroom with all the toiletries prepped, ready for use. Pacific is the atmosphere, very impassive in mood. Sounds of dripping water, a distant memory. Worried faces begin to dial a number. The phone just rings, leaving more reason to check out the scene. 
A woman arrives at the door only to notice a car in a position that takes away any suspicions. Tranquil is the abode, soon to be a locality no longer referred to as home. The domicile appears to be clear due to the scarcity of activity and the inadequacy to answer the knocks from the porch. She asks the manager for an extra set of keys. He opens the entrance and takes a step inside, only to find a man undressed lying on a couch, motionless, breathless, and spiritless. The woman cannot go in to experience her brother's descent. This will bring forth feelings of nostalgia, but we all are comforted by the facts that finally he is in harmony with the soil of his roots. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Is that how your father was found? Exactly, yes. That's a true story. It was uh, my auntie, Shirley, who actually uh, went to his home. And uh, my my dad at the time worked on my uncle. And and he normally, like, you know, normally calls my uncle and let him know what he's doing or when he's going to show up. He's normally probably with that. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. He didn't uh, get in touch with my uncle at all, so now my uncle had to go to work, so he so he couldn't check on him. So he asked Shirley to go over there and check on him, and she uh they called a couple times, obviously, then she ended up going over there. The door locked. Asked the manager, went up there, opened the door. We saw him laid on his couch on the couch, uh, no clothes on. Looked like he was about to maybe like cook some hot dogs or something, like going to the uh take a bath, maybe lay on the couch or something. Didn't feel yeah. right. Yeah, well, I have discovered, I did hospice for eight years, and I ha have discovered that usually the last three months of a person's life is challenging, but sometimes it's a blessing to go quickly and not be, you know, in a nursing home or sick with a serious illness. It is, we're, we all come with a plan. We have a plan the day to come and a plan the day to go, and the way we're going to go. So I have learned to cherish life, knowing it's short and beautiful, and to experience what we can of goodness. And I think that uh, knowing your father, remembering him as the talented man he was, is a very nice gift for you. So I want to thank you, Chavera Nace Savage, author of Broken Mirror, for your sensitive autistic look at your own personal growth and love for life as a result of a painful, unexpected loss of your father, but gaining a newer understanding of yourself and how lucky we are when we can begin to allow and accept all events as necessary in our life plan and find the good that comes from this sense of connectedness to all that is. To enjoy a story of what is found when something appears to be lost, go to beloveanonce.com or you can go to amazon.com. They're on both formats. And purchase Broken Mirror, a sensitive story by a sensitive young man. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have shared how human and spiritual understanding, love, and personal growth often come after a painful shock or trauma 
And resiliency, I love that word, leads us to gain a greater sense of the bigger picture of our lives and the power from within that sustains us and heals pain and sorrow, leading us to perhaps remember that life is good and a gift from spirit, and no matter how long or short, serves the soul's need to refine its energy and go grow more illustrious in compassion and love for all that is. Beyond the challenges of the physical world, there are universes and life forces of wonderment and beauty, and we must experience it all without judgment and negativity, but allow the positive and good within us to expand and travel through time and space, ultimately, at some point, connecting to the best in ourselves, world, and afterlife. In my book, A New Life Awaits, in response to these ideas, I wrote, Whether in a body or in pure energy, the soul is the essence and complete oneness of spirit's intelligence and universal love and travels with us through time and space, lifetime after lifetime, as we gather experiences to refine our already magnificent soul. Death, in my opinion, is merely the next destination or adventure on a continuous circle of life. There really is no death, only the unfolding of the infinite layers of realities that exist within us in this world and beyond. These layers are filled with the excitement and wonderment of the beauty of nature, friendship, memories, and experiences gathered during many lifetimes. Chavero and I would have you look to the lights above and the light within that is always calling us in whispers of love to awaken and know that there is no fear except the thoughts that limit you from expressing your full potential to expand and live with hope, love, and trust, knowing nothing is random, nothing is good or bad. Just experience that expands our potential to grow in appreciation and also gratitude for the oneness of eternal life. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within and author of A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening and lead us to this wondrous year of 2020 with hopes for wonderful insights for all of us. Visit me and my amazing guests at CherylGlick.com to listen to metaphysicians, visionaries, scientists, medical professionals, psychologists, energy healers, mediums, educators, and those in the arts and music fields as we explore the mysteries of life in physical and spiritual form. Shows may also be heard on DreamVision7Radio.com and WebTalkRadio.net. Thank you.